The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m., on station XD TV Channel 13, in San Diego from 6 to 7 a.m., on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m., on station KBTV Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California, and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m., on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m., on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 5 to 6 a.m., on station KCSG, Channel 8 of St. George, Utah, parts of Idaho, Wyoming, Nevada, and Arizona, from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20, Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street, the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world, with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kalihi for over 90 years. And our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hunt Sr. in 1959, who continues the gospel work to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. We start our program today with a song entitled, We Come to Say Thank You.
sung by our church choir under the direction of choir director Emilia Hahn. They are accompanied by Edith Matsuke on the piano and Pohaku Carter on the organ. Truly, we have much to thank the Lord for and should take time every day to thank Him for His goodness and His love. Above all, we can thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for providing a way of salvation for our souls. Please join in and sing along with our choir following the words on your screen. Next, we have the church band, led by yours truly, who will play a moving rendition of Amazing Grace. Surely we can praise and thank the Lord for the undeserved favor He bestowed upon mankind. For those who will hear His call and believe upon His name, Jesus, He is our saving grace. Amen. 
Our soloist today is Emilia Han, who will bring forth this uplifting number entitled Standing on the Promises. She is accompanied by Associate Pastor Trustee Evans Broad Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Iris Lock on the drums, and myself on the piano. Standing on the promises of Christ my King Through eternal ages and His praises ring Glory in the highest I will shout and sing Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises they cannot fail When the howling storms of doubts and fears assail By the living word of God I shall prevail Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God Savior, standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises I now can see, perfect present dancing in the blood for me, standing in the liberty where Christ makes free, standing on the promises of God, standing Standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing. For their final song, the church choir will sing Jesus Makes Everything New with a feature narration by Bobby Lynn Eugenio. When we accept Jesus into our lives as our personal Savior, we become a new creation in Christ. Life takes on a new meaning and purpose when we live for Jesus only. We know He can turn our sorrows into gladness, our tears into laughter, and calm our hearts and minds when we are in times of trouble. In Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, we learn that we become a new creation in Christ. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
Life takes on purpose because we become co-workers in the kingdom of our God. No longer are we concerned with what we can get out of life. Rather, our efforts are spent in giving even as God gave His Son for our sins. We find it difficult to hate because Jesus teaches that we are all one in Him. Even our hopes takes on new meaning because in Christ we can see beyond tomorrow, even beyond death itself. No part of life is left untouched by the redeeming love of our Savior. Jesus makes everything new.
Now we call upon the members of our youth church band to play a musical rendition of Cleanse Me and Breathe on Me.
Up next, we have our vocal group, the Jubilees, who will sing the spirited song entitled, When We All Get to Heaven, accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano. This song is dedicated to Mr. Titus Carter. He's the youngest son of Associate Pastor Robert and Mrs. Lois Carter. The joy he has in serving the Lord is evident in his outlook on life, the love and concern he has for his family and for others around him. Titus, may the Lord bless you most abundantly, pressed down and overflowing. Have a wonderful day. When we Serving every day, just one glimpse of Him in glory will the toils of life repay. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout and shout the victory. Onward to the prize before us. Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. 
from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KCSG-TV channel 8 of St. George, Utah, parts of Idaho, Wyoming, Nevada, and Arizona, from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneri Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter Aitin Loy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K.Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Bologo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Signs of the times are upon us because the hearts of men, women, and children are turning towards ungodliness. Today, there is an unbelievable amount of turmoil all over the world, brought on by mankind's hate, greed, and desire for supreme power. Therefore, it is more important than ever to seek and find Jesus Christ as our Savior, Master, and Lord. It is my prayer that today's sermon entitles, God's Word is Above the Thinking of Mankind, will offer the opportunity for you to consider Jesus Christ as your life's guide and inspiration. Hopefully, through God's Word, you will hear His voice speaking to you personally, and you will be encouraged to accept Jesus Christ today. And in due time, others will be able to see Jesus Christ in you, rather than merely you in you. Please bear in mind that many are called, but few are chosen. If you want to be part of the chosen and spend eternity in paradise with Jesus Christ, then listen up as we begin the sermon for today. Although times and people have changed, the Lord Jesus Christ as the self-existing God and His gospel of the kingdom of God has never been changed. The Lord Jesus Christ as God Himself does not have to make any amendments based on the following. One, what He already wrote is perfectly written. Two, 
What he has established as his righteousness pertains to mankind today, tomorrow, and forever. And three, what he justified with his blood on the cross of Calvary still has the power to save those who believe on him. To rewrite, adjust, or interpret God's word for the sake of being contemporary, suitable to the times, and current trends, or likes and dislikes of generations, would compromise God's righteousness and his true holiness. Here in the Apostolic Faith Church of Honolulu, Hawaii, and the Philippine Islands, the mystery of godliness is revealed to us in daily measure. We confidently build upon what we learn and experience today and look forward to God's greater spiritual revelation and daily inspiration regarding His Holy Word. You will recall, dear television viewers, how the Lord God instructed Israel when the people reached the land of promise. Before occupying the land, they were instructed not to intermarry nor adopt the lifestyles of the inhabitants of the land lest their hearts be turned from the true and living God. Did they listen? No, they did not. They fell from the grace of God because they conceded to the influence of sin and befriended the things that God told them to abstain from. Paul instructs us in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The gospel of the kingdom of God has endured the toughest assaults mankind could ever conjure up to disprove its authority and origin. And with each encounter, the Lord Jesus Christ remains the victor. Every author of religion has died, including Jesus Christ. Yet, he alone rose from the dead, proving that God's word is alive, and it brings blessings of eternal life to all those who will believe and accept him by keeping his commandments. Therefore, let us put God's word before us, and let us follow his word to the very letter, not being deceived in any way by the thinking of mankind. Colossians 2, 6-10 renders this word of instruction for our learning. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through vain philosophy, through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Mankind is most susceptible to failure, when the fear of the Lord Jesus Christ no longer occupies first place in his heart and the conviction of God's Holy Spirit is suppressed by reason, logic, and vain thinking. As in times past, the thinking of mankind has found its place of recognition in society today. It is expertly crafted and then ingenuously intertwined with today's lifestyle and thoughts deceiving many. It is unfortunate that at times, the thinking of mankind is preferred over the truth found in God's holy word. Signs of man's heart turning from the truths have found in God's word to the thinking of mankind is evident everywhere, and it confirms Paul's warning to the Colossian church. 
King Saul exhibited the example of placing trust in the thinking of mankind when he turned to witchcraft to find comfort. The common element between the thinking of mankind and sorcery is that in both cases, the truth found in God's word is refused. People today have itching ears for new things and seek through their open-mindedness avenues to answer that which provides comfort, whether it is true or not. This unfortunately leads to the downfall and ultimate destruction of mankind. King Saul resorted to witchcraft because the Lord Jesus Christ put upon him an evil spirit and removed from him the spirit of the Lord because of his disobedience. Therefore, the prophet Samuel was sent to tell him that his kingdom would be rented from him because of his disobedience, bearing the burdens of his kingdom without the help, comfort, and presence of God's Holy Spirit. He resorted to witchcraft to call for the dead Samuel, and this desperate act sealed his fate, leaving him no place for repentance. People can be deceived through mankind's thinking as well as through sorcery. Paul, through the scriptures, warns the congregation to beware with special emphasis on words and the thinking of mankind that may appear to be harmless, but is actually a cloak for devilish practices. Mankind's thinking can be defined to cogitate, imagine, fancy, realize, emphasize, envision, or to form an idea of something in the mind. Why does Paul say to avoid the thinking of mankind, vain deceit and rudiments of this world, and to follow after Jesus Christ? He is addressing those practices in life that can be opposing and detrimental to the salvation and saving of the soul of mankind. When you come right down to it, dear television viewers, the thinking of mankind bears an element of emptiness because it cannot satisfy the requirements for peace, joy, and happiness delineated in God's word. It highlights an approach or view of things. However, it offers no real answers to solve life's problems. Thus, Paul referred to the thinking of mankind as worthless and deceitful. Paul also addressed the rudiments of the world and the fundamental approach to life. Like vain traditions, they not only lead men away from God, but they lead men to wander aimlessly in this life. Traditional thinking, behavior, and lifestyles that mankind is accustomed to will aggressively fuel sin and foster unbelief. Therefore, Paul explains that Jesus Christ brought to mankind his righteousness. Thus, we must then step out of our sinful nature to experience the fullness of the gospel of the kingdom of God. Eternal life awaits those who love and worship the Lord Jesus Christ while eternal death and lasting pain, sorrow, and suffering awaits the unbelievers and disobedient. In the first three chapters of the book of Genesis, the two natures of God are immediately revealed to us. First, we see how God created everything in love and cared for what He created. He was willing to nurture and tend to the needs of the creation that carried His image. Secondly, we see a God who would not allow his righteousness to be compromised. Disobedience would be dealt with severely. However, God made a way of escape. He loves mankind whom he had created, but he does not love the sin that is within mankind. Therefore, he created a sacrifice in his son, Jesus Christ, that sin might be removed, confirming that it was in the heart of God for all men 
to come to repentance. In 2 Peter 3.9 instructs, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. As we have read previously, it is God who unwillingly subjected mankind to the consequences of sin, and it is the same loving God who provides the gospel of the kingdom of God so that mankind might have hope to obtain eternal life. The gospel of Jesus Christ is authentic, sanctioned by God and validated by His blood. The gospel of the kingdom of God is given life and power through the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ into heaven. There is no thinking of mankind contained in God's word and in the gospel of the kingdom of God. It cannot be interpreted in any other way than according to God's word. In Colossians 2, 12 to 13, Paul relates, buried with him in baptism, wherein also we are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. God concludes here that all mankind is under sin, whether we are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or not, male or female, bond or free, salvation extended to all, for he came to seek and save that which was lost. Therefore, the pressing question this morning is, have you been born again? And are you identified with him through baptism, by immersion, in water in his name, Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ commands all mankind in John, the third chapter, the fifth verse. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. God's word is not difficult to understand as he impressed upon Nicodemus the importance of being buried in his name in water baptism, or in other words, to be born again. Mankind's baptism in the name of Jesus Christ resembles the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Proper baptism is performed by immersion in water in the name of Jesus Christ and not by sprinkling. Jesus Christ gave us his example to follow when he was baptized in the River Jordan by his cousin John. Peter expounds in Acts, the 10th chapter, 47 to 48 verses, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then pray they him to tarry certain days. Do not let anyone deceive you with a different version of mankind's thinking than what God's word commands us to do. Peter explains in 1 Peter 3.21, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ is the essential ingredient in God's plan of salvation for mankind. Jesus Christ himself established water baptism as his mandatory commandment in the worship of God being a part of the new agreement between God as a creator and mankind as his creation. Being identified with Jesus Christ through water baptism highlights our association with Jesus Christ 
and our exercise of faith in Him. Acts 2 3 defines the process required to obtain personal salvation. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance is godly sorrow for sin as the first step in God's plan of salvation. The second step is water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And the third step is to be filled with God's Holy Spirit, speaking in the unknown tongue, as evidence in Acts 2, 1 through 4. When we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and filled with God's Holy Spirit, our sins are then removed as far as the east is from the west, thus indicating how God will forgive and forget our sins. The process of salvation is hereby confirmed in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In our earthly families, we share the identity of a family name. Likewise, in our spiritual family, we share the identity of the name of Jesus Christ that we take on when we are born again. This identity signifies the critical importance for taking on the name Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ alone is the only saving name by which we are saved, for therein is invested all of God's power and authority. The name of Jesus Christ in baptism is God's key to the salvation of our souls. Let me ask you, dear television viewers, have you been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? And have you been filled with his Holy Spirit? If not, we urgently encourage you to do so immediately, for the kingdom of God is at hand, and Jesus Christ is coming soon. This warning from Jesus Christ should be a sufficient deterrent for mankind to abstain from sin and accept the salvation of Jesus Christ by being baptized in his name and filled with his Holy Spirit. At the appointed time, God's books in heaven will be opened, and the names of those written therein will be called out. Will your name be found in God's Lamb's book of life? Romans 8.20 denotes, For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who had subjected the same in hope. As we approach the returning hour of Jesus Christ, the faith and commitment of God's righteous saints will be pushed to the very limit. Psalms 37, 30 to 31 encourages mankind saying, the mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The children of God must not fall from grace and lose sight of the promise of God. We must be obedient to the end by seeking to enjoy the pleasures of life and lust of sin for a season, knowing that the wages of sin is death. Adam and Eve were faced with choices and were caught up in their own thinking of what God wanted them to do. Being created in the image and holiness of God, they were blessed immensely, but became complacent 
and desired the fruit that would make him wise. The Lord Jesus Christ instructed them to refrain from eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, lest they die. When we give in to our own thinking and personal lusts, we will then disobey God's word and then proceed to do what appears to be right in our own eyes. Their personal thinking took them to sin and they became susceptible to the wiles of the devil. Thinking mankind's thoughts, they began to reason within themselves and concluded that it was a fruit good for food and how it would, as with all the other food, nourish their bodies. They further concluded that the forbidden fruit appeared harmless and possessed a pleasing appearance. The tree had a welcoming aura about it. Furthermore, Adam and Eve considered that the tree named the tree of the knowledge of good and evil must be okay. Today, as it was then, mankind thinks and chooses to walk a fine line between life and death, tempting God. Adam and Eve were moved to eat of the fruit, but failed to consider the dire consequences that accompanied their disobedience. Death, pain, sorrow, suffering, and laboring to survive in a world became the harsh reality pronounced upon them by God because of their disobedience. Death came to them as a result of sin. God said as they were taken from the dust of the ground, in like manner would they both and all generations to follow return to the dust of the ground as well. We must realize that Adam and Eve were not punished because of the fruit, but because they disobeyed and went against the known will of God. Death was pronounced upon them, and death was passed on to all mankind because of their sin. The lesson learned is the consequences are severe for those who willingly disobey the known will of God. God will judge and access every man, woman, and child born upon this earth. In the book of Ecclesiastes is found the wisdom, Solomon, that continues to astonish us even to this very day. In all his wisdom, Solomon completely renounced the thinking and nature of mankind when he said, all is vanity. He said upon the fact that the pride of life is a very empty and a foolish expression. The emptiness of void experienced by mankind today is the result of your life lived apart from God. He concluded that life included being born, toiling, suffering, and experiencing transitory joy is nothing when compared to eternal life. Ecclesiastes 1, 9 through 11 relates to the mankind. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, see, this is new? It hath been already of old time, which was before us. There is no remembrance of former things. Neither shall there be any remembrance of things 
that are to come with those that shall come after. Matthew concludes our sermon pertaining to the thinking of mankind in Matthew 16, 26. For what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Nothing is more important than the soul because it is eternal. Let us then continue to seek and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ wholeheartedly. Then will we be ready, willing, and available to exercise the man, mind of Christ Jesus when he calls us up to meet him in clouds of glory, saying, Come up hither. Now, if you would like to know more about God's Word and the church and review the Selakai's presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your home. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. In closing our program, the church band will play for you the song entitled, When I See the Blood.
preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.